Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment and baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your co-host, Gina Brazau, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. As always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and creator of Bigger Boulder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Gina. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I did. <clears throat> Busy, but nice. And we're back from a little hiatus. A we had a break. little bit of a break. Yes. So we're happy to be back. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, Gemma actually has an exciting thing to talk to us about, which is the Bold Baking Academy. And we're going to dive into that before we get on to our topics. Well, so I just wanted to let everybody know that we have just launched the Bold Baking Academy. And it's just, it's a place where you get to delve a little bit deeper into baking with me and Mm -hmm. um, my team of like bold baking experts. And we just we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the why we go deeper into recipes. It's more involved and um, you get longer form videos. So we really have time to explore um, techniques and, and to talk about the reasons why um, we do something. Right. So the Bowl Baking Academy isn't just exclusive videos and recipes. It is a place where you can interact with me one-on-one. People message me um, all the way throughout the day, especially like over the week of Thanksgiving, asking me pie questions, uh, pastry questions, um, everything, especially this time of the year during the holidays when like people are baking. It's just a really great way to like get your problem solved fast. So it's either me or a member of my team that will help troubleshoot your problem with you. And, um, you know, it's just a place where you can talk to other bold bakers Mm -hmm. and you can share photos, you can make friends. And it's just, if you are, if you, even if you're, if you're a novice or you're a little bit more advanced, um, it's just a place for like people who love to bake, to hang out, to make friends, to learn new techniques, learn new recipes, and just go that little bit deeper into baking with me. Yeah. And I love that to the community aspect, uh, yeah. which is a little bit different than the podcast or your YouTube channel. Now people are able to share photos, you said, which is really fun. Yeah. Share photos and, and you know, ask, you know, get tips and tricks from other bold bakers like all around the world. So oh, you're nice. learning from like other people as well and you're making friends and then you're also, you're learning uh, new techniques. You're learning like, you know, more involved recipes. We go a step further okay. and just more in depth with the academy me which we haven't done before so it's just a really great place especially if you love to bake Mm -hmm. and um the great thing about launching it now is that we wanted to have it ready in time for Christmas right because we thought that it would be a great you could do month by month or you can do a yearly subscription but we thought it'd be a great gift for the holiday season that's something that like you can it's a skill that you can improve on Mm -hmm. and rather than getting something tangible this is something like that you can add to your arsenal of tools arsenal of skills definitely you can build on and you're learning like all these new skills which is really really cool and can you give us a sneak peek of anything that you've loved to bake or will we just have to subscribe to find out that we've made so far yes um so well I'll tell you a little bit January um December is about we're heading into December now So December is um, kind of special occasion desserts because Mm -hmm. the holidays are going on, but, you know, not everybody celebrates the holidays. So we kind of made it a month about special occasion desserts and, um, you know, doing different techniques and different recipes that I've never shown before. 
And then January is about different ways to make uh, both yeasted and non-yeasted breads. So we're kind of delve into the bread world in okay. January, which um, I really, really love that one. The recipes that we've coming up are like there is a a um a bread made with a poolish rather than a sourdough i know you're looking at me now like what what is. i'm like here we go <laughs> but um it's, it's just a longer it's it's another technique to make bread right and it's a little bit more involved but we have the time in these videos to do that and to do the steps and then also we do step-by-step photos for these recipes wow so that you can really just like you know you can mirror what you made to our photos and just to be on the right track and then watch the videos but um yeah, no, I'm excited. It's it's uh, it's been really well received fo- so far, oh, great. and and I love the photo aspect too because I feel like a lot of the times if I'm following a recipe, I'll just be reading it and I'm like, but does this look right? Like I have no idea. Yeah. So having videos and photo content to follow along with is super helpful. So it's yeah, exciting. So I um I'm hoping that people go over there now and subscribe. Head over to academy.biggerbolderbaking.com. Yes, all the information you need is there, and if you have any further questions, reach out to us. Awesome. Well, shall we dive right in? Go first. I will say, actually, Thanksgiving, this is a little random tidbit about my holiday. I had candied yams for the first time. Oh. Which is the marshmallow on top. Do you not like them? No, Gina. Gina. Well, uh, no, I'll tell you why I don't. I never, I, I've never, so okay, yeah. I've never had it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. I've never had okay. it. Okay, fair. But um, I didn't grow up with like that. Like I didn't grow up with Thanksgiving. Right, right. And I, and I didn't grow up with candied yams. I've never had a side dish that had marshmallows on top. I'll so let you I'll just say that. I haven't either. And I mean, you guys know by now, I love sugar, like love chocolate, love sweets. And for some reason, it never sounded appealing to me. I'm like, ugh, marshmallows on my yams? Delicious. You should try it. Think about it. It was like my all-time favorite. I had like spoonfuls of this. Mm. So anyways, that was just my little Thanksgiving tidbit of my favorite meal. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about that one. <laughs> Gemma is not good. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll hop right into our hot from the oven topics. This first one was a little controversial. So a few weeks ago, Cardi B was breaking an egg. She was basically cooking on her, um, showing a recipe on her Instagram, and she cracked an egg by squeezing it, just oh like gosh. fully breaking it. And it cracked, but there were no shells. And I'm, I, I don't know. So I figured, okay, we all have bad habits in the kitchen. Um, do you have any bad habits that you can admit that you know aren't the best to do, but you still do them? And first of all, how do you suggest we crack an egg? Do you do it in the bowl, separate bowl, or do you do it right in the recipe? I don't do it in separate bowls. The the uh, I'm a little bit like lazy when it comes okay. to stuff like that. If you're really worried about your eggs not being fresh, mm-hmm. um, you would crack them in separate bowls and then add them in. Right. Um, I've never had an issue. Um, I'd say buy good quality, buy fresh eggs. The how do you crack an egg on the side of a bowl? Usually they don't say on the countertop. It's on the side of yeah. like side of a bowl. What Cardi B did there, because I can see your photo, yep. is like that's only by the luck of God that she didn't end up with, with eggshells in there. Like that's only just luck. I have no idea. But then I'm also the person, we talked about this when we made the skillet cookie. I'm like, oh, if you get a little shell in there, it's good luck. <laughs> I ha- I don't I, like, I have to say no I've never I've never seen anybody in all my career crack eggs like that I have not either and you know then I was trying to think of what my bad habit in the kitchen is and the list is probably far too long as we've learned from this um podcast so far but yeah did you have anything that you can think of I'm trying to think I will tell you I so I'm not 
I've gotten better, but I'm yeah. not the the tidiest chef. Okay, so that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Yeah, um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you a bad habit that I had when I was a kid. Um, when I was a kid, I remember making. I think it was soup or something in my kitchen. I was only I don't know like a a tween, like mm-hmm. I don't know twelve or something, thirteen, and I was peeling vegetables to go into the soup. And I didn't know where to put the peel. So I peeled the vegetables directly on the floor. <gasps> directly oh, on the floor. I just peeled sticky, the veg- like vegetables. Like they get stuck. I don't know. Little strips. My mom came in and she was just, she couldn't believe what she, like what she was seeing. I'll be, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even Try and beat that one, Gina. Well, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes this is mortifying. I can't believe I'm saying this aloud. But, you know, I feel like we all maybe do it. So if I'm baking and like a little flour ends up on the floor or something you know I'll just like I'll push it under the stove or something that's totally normal right okay yeah. I don't feel that bad. you just like dust it off with your sock yeah and then I, who knows it's under my stove at this point but you know it just is like no, oh that's, no one saw that that's a very normal thing it's fine although I did drop nutmeg the other day on the ground oh. and my dog ate it on it by <gasps> accident and I didn't know that dogs couldn't eat it this is a little tangent but yeah it was a little horrifying why would your dog eat nutmeg so she was playing fetch in the kitchen and I was making an apple pie and I dropped the nutmeg it was just a small little amount but she it was like a little bag a yeah give it she thought that was her toy that she was going after and so she went to grab it and it just like exploded in her mouth oh. and her face was just like what did I just put in my mouth but yeah crisis averted I did have to call like the dog poison control hotline <laughs> so anyways um so our next topic is all about replacements which we have talked about in the past this one was talking about replacing butter with ghee first of all I just can you break down ghee for me? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between butter and ghee? And is there one that you prefer baking with for certain reasons? I don't bake with ghee. I'll start out by telling you the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, ghee is what we, in um, professional kitchens, it's what, it's clarified butter. So mm-hmm. it is, what happens is you make ghee or clarified butter by heating up the butter, letting the liquid, the like water, um, everything separate from the fat. Okay. Then you let that harden and then you take away just the fat. So you're, you're removing any it's of the, the water. <laughs> it is a little bit of a process, but it, it's, it's kind of fast. Right. Then you, you're removing any of the water and you're ending up with just pure fat. Um, and this is good for a lot of different reasons. It's good for frying with, because if you fry with butter, it has a tendency to burn because mm-hmm. of those ingredients in it. But when you clarify it or make, you know, use ghee, it will, it has, it won't burn as fast. Is the flavor different or is that not noticeable? To me, it's the same. Okay. Unless I, I that to me, it's, it's and the, the texture is the same, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it comes in that butter. jar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't bake with ghee. Um, I know that I think in India they do a lot, but no, I've no reason to, I've never baked with ghee. And say someone was in a pinch and they were baking and they ran out of butter, but they did have ghee. Would that be a fair substitute in that instance? Yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Good to know. A little baking yeah. tidbit. And when you'd make ghee, sorry, just this just yeah. popped into my head. And um, you'd use ghee for things like hollandaise sauce or a uh, right pure blanc a pure blanc a pure, oh my gosh I can't pronounce it a beurre blanc a beurre blanc mm-hmm. um like a, a French white wine butter sauce like a thicker yeah. yeah it's like nice and thick but you don't want um you just want the pure fat in there got it okay fair enough um I'll have to try ghee I had an aunt who like loved ghee years ago and I never could find it and now I feel like I see it all the time at the stores I feel like ghee is gained 
popularity. Also, well, um, fat and like grass fed butter and things like that have like the last few years have become like a, you know, a, like a valuable ingredient. I, Gemma is going to hate me for this. I bake with vegan butter a lot. Do you really? Yeah. Why? I just started buying it and I don't know, I never noticed a difference. So I always really? use it and I don't really notice a difference in like my baked goods ever. Do you, is it hard or is it soft like margarine? It's definitely hard. Um, like I get this, I'll get the sticks and that, oh, and that's I mean, hard. I don't have a, well, I keep it in the fridge and then it takes forever to thaw. So we, I do the oven trick that yeah, you yeah, yeah. disapproved of. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a little tricky. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's interesting. To each like, their we can... own with their butter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting to think because there's there's different vegan butters that I don't know all all have this right. good results. So, um, but it's good to know because we get asked those questions a lot. Right. Yeah. There's definitely one. I'll have to remember which one it was, but you guys can definitely find it. Next up, we're going to be talking about a tool that was actually new to me. I'd never heard of, which is a baking steel. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. So basically, it's a heavy piece of steel, and it holds and conducts the oven's heat directly to whatever is placed on top of it so basically um this whole thing talks about like pre-baking your crust which is called blind baking Mm -hmm. and whether it's better to blind bake or use a tool such as a baking steel to stick your pie on and it will brown your crust okay um i had never heard i don't know if this is something you're familiar with if you've used it and then i also was curious about blind baking and the benefits of doing that with pies specifically so i just googled it um, I've never heard of a baking steel before. Right? In okay. My life. I, I hadn't either. No. But here's the thing. What it is, is an in, it looks like to me an insulated tray. And then it said it prevented from sogginess. Yeah. So, well, it's a conductor of heat. Right. It, so it's not like, I'm sure these things are like, let me see, how much are they? Oh my gosh. No, I don't even want to know. Oh my gosh. For a piece of steel yeah, to put your pie sure on. I'm not selling that. But um, it's 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 a baking tray. Uh, so I what they're like a cookie what they're selling is is an egg, is it looks yeah. like insulated, but a baking tray because you're looking for a conductor of heat. Mm-hmm. So rather so um, if you didn't, you'd put that into the oven first. If you weren't going to blind bake a pie crust, and we'll get to what is blind baking in right. a second, you would put your your pie crust directly on that, and then the it conducts heat and will crisp your pie crust. Uh, from the outside from the bottom and like all around much faster okay blind baking is when you par or fully pre-bake a pie shell is that with those beads in it yeah, too that's with those ones okay but um if you but they're saying if you put it on a tray and this one is a good so whatever metal this is is a good conductor of heat mm-hmm. that's so if you do I would be I wouldn't be fooled by that like <laughs> I have could you use a cookie sheet You'd have to use a good quality. Okay. I'd say an insulated cookie sheet. Okay. What I will tell you that I have that was not $120 is a um, a cast, it's not cast iron. What is it? It's a metal griddle. It's not cast iron, but um, it's a metal griddle that I got years ago in Sur La Table and it was like $40 and it's Nordic ware. And you put it into the oven first and then you slide pizzas onto it or you would slide a pie crust onto it making sure that the pie crust bottom. at the bottom bakes so do you preheat your oven prior 
Yeah. Then put the steel or baking tool in, and then you put your yeah. You let it warm up a little. You 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 put in you when you're preheating your oven, put in your that your baking Got tray, it. whatever it is. Then for pizzas, you see, you need that um that what's the word? Like you need that like instant heat mm-hmm. to like to bake your pizza like really fast and right. to give you that lovely spring in your, your in your dough. So you slide it from a cold tray onto into the really hot oven mm-hmm. on a hot tray that's already been heat, preheated and it just pops and it will cook and it will give you a crispy crust <laughs> and it will um it's 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 the best way for people because because getting crispy crust in a conventional oven Difficult. is hard. And even I've got in a pizza oven from Italy and even with that, I put in my uh, my little griddle in there to get that to conduct the heat mm-hmm. even better than the stones in there. And I slide my pizza on that. Yeah, I'll have to try that because the last pie I made, that apple pie, was definitely not as well cooked throughout yeah. that so, it should have been. Yeah, preheated tray. Um, but I in my life, I have never heard of Gemma a baking Gemma votes no steel. for the baking steel. Don't spend the extra money on it. Not needed. No. Uh, what also... You know, I was wondering what makes a soggy pie because I sometimes that's happened to me. And then, you know, when you go to serve a pie and it's just a mess, like it doesn't stick together. Like, how do you prevent from those things happening? And is it salvageable if it's just soggy? And uh, it's still edible. Right. That's true. That's all that matters. Um, and, <laughs> and it's it not like your cookie. You're not, it's not like your pastry is raw, raw. Um, I would say... So that's blind baking. Mm-hmm. So what you're describing is blind baking. Yeah. So when you've got a pie that is full of fruit or something of like, like, uh, not to say Watery, wet, but, but like just yeah. like a lot of liquid in your filling, you usually want to par bake your pine cr- pie crust, which is, which is, um, blind baking first and then you take that out then you put in your filling and then you put your pie crust on then you bake it again okay so giving it that time to bake before any filling is in there gets you halfway there um so that's what you need to do especially if it's like a really heavy apple Mm -hmm. pie or something but then and then also often for a pumpkin pie that you would also be asked to par to par (laughs) par cook par cook i didn't even know that this was a thing until you know, I started reading up on it. So I'm yeah. glad that we talked about this, especially now. I know a lot of us might be making pies in the next couple of weeks. So it's good to know. Uh, this one I just wanted your opinion on because I thought it was too good not to talk about. Uh, no, I don't want to so like this, Gina. It's just, it's very, so basically, which was a few weeks ago for Thanksgiving, Hershey unveiled this, it's called the largest saw Reese's, you saw it? Oh, wait, wait, is, no, no, I, th- I saw a Reese's peanut butter cup. What's this? Yeah, this is, so it's the largest oh, yeah, peanut yeah, yeah, yeah. butter cup. It's nine inches and it uh-huh. costs forty five dollars. Yeah, which is that crazy for a pie? I don't think it is. No, not okay, in LA. Okay. You would easily throw down sixty dollars for an apple pie. So now not I'm thinking, yeah, that's very true. So now we're heading into some more holidays, some celebrations in the next coming weeks. Obviously, that was for Thanksgiving. It sold out seriously in the first few hours. Like everyone wanted yeah. this, which I cannot imagine eating. I mean, I love Reese's, but eating a whole piece of it just seems a little filling. Uh, would you eat this, first of all? No. Really? I'm not, I'm, well, I I don't – I'm not I'm not the biggest lover of this Reese's true. peanut butter yeah. cups. Um, so, but I do like peanut butter and chocolate, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't – I couldn't imagine eating a wedge right? of that. Like, it's, it's just so thick. dense, so thick. I saw this on TV, and it was just like, no, man, that's just too much for me. 
I, it, so now that I'm, I'm thinking, what other candy would you like to see this with heading into more holiday season? Like a Smarties pie? I don't even know. What would be your favorite? You know what I like? So I don't eat a lot of candy bars. Um, and only, the only reason I don't is not because I be, it's because I like them too much. So like me too. <laughs> during Halloween, like I go to Walgreens and I pick up the candy that I don't like, because if I pick up candy I like, I'm going to sit at home and eat the it The willpower that you have, I, I have to, Gina. I can't, I can't do it. This is what you have to do when you're in your thirties. Oh my gosh. Um, but so I, um, I do like though, like Mars bars, Milky Ways, mm, Milky Snickers. Way. Milky Way pie. I think I think a Mars bar pie would be nice. Delicious. And something like this, I was thinking about you guys could probably make this at home and recreate, right? Yeah. Like a peanut butter pie, it's just chocolate and then oh, is for that sure. a bunch of peanut butter like or is it a mixture? It's a think? mixture of peanut butter and then icing sugar and then sometimes people put cookies in the center to get <gasps> you kind of like that mealy kind yes. of center. For sure, Gina, this is already on YouTube. I can almost tell you the creators that have made it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Years well, ago. You guys let us know uh, on Instagram what would your favorite candy pie be? Mine would be like a marshmallow cookie dough Hershey's pie. Something but that's like not a candy a bar though. pie. Okay, fair. I've been really into Snickers lately. So maybe a Snickers pie. I do like Snickers. Yeah, I was never too into them. Or the mini M&Ms. Do you, have you ever had a box of celebrations? No. It's like, so they sell them in England and in Ireland um, I think sometimes I've seen them here, but it's so, it's like all your favorite, you know, at Christmas time you get like these boxes of candies and like yes, only like two or three yeah. are like your favorite. This one is all your favorite candy bars. So it's mini Twixes, <gasps> mini Maltesers, yes. Snickers, Mars bars, like all your favorites in one box. I have to get and they're that. they're mini. But it's then, you the know, best. it happens like with the mini M&Ms, I eat a whole bag because I'm yeah. like, oh, they're small. It's okay. Hi, Gina. Georgie's coming in from his bath. So cute. Um, okay, so this one also has to do with the holidays and the colder months. It's all about mini meringues. I have no clue about a meringue. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't really understand how you make them. So basically, I saw this photo and video of this um, baker making them, and they were like little corgis and like little corgi butts made out of meringue. It's like a corgi butt? Yeah. What's a corgi butt? Corgis, like the dogs. What's? It was called Amy's Kitchen, Cooking with Amy. She made these mini meringues, um, and they were like little corgis. Like, oh, the, the queen of England. Yeah. She has corgis. No, I know. I get that. So it was like... But- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm tracking you, uh, but at the same time, I, you lost me at corgi butt. Like, it was a cute little corgi butt floating in a hot cocoa, but it was made of meringue. Okay, is it marshmallow or meringue? So it it was meringue. They were mini meringues. Okay. So what's the difference between a marshmallow and a meringue? And then I got them confused with, of course, mar- marzipan, marzipan, which are like the cute little characters. Yeah. Which are, I love marzipan. That's almond paste. That's Del- what marzipan is. Delicious. Meringues are sugar and egg whites. Egg whites. And then marshmallows are sugar and egg whites and gelatin and all sorts of like interesting ingredients to make like yummy marshmallows but what do you do with a meringue do you really just can you make a meringue cookie like meringue pie 
You can make, well, so you can use meringue for so many different things. Have you ever had a pavlova or seen a pavlova? No. No. What is that? Um, it's, so that's a meringue. Okay. Baked into like a round disc, like a cake, thick. We had it here for Thanksgiving. Wait, are these the white ones with like the big swirl? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. They they don't ever look appetizing to me. Oh, it's super yummy because it's so, number one, it's sweet, but then you top it with whipped cream. On top and, of the meringue? Yeah, on top of the meringue, you put whipped cream and then you put like a fruit of your choice. So my favorite combo is, and I do it here all the time. So if you ever come over to my house for dessert, you're probably going to get it. Okay. I always have egg whites in my fridge, um, bananas and butterscotch sauce. What about like Nutella? No, what about bananas I tried- <laughs> and butterscotch sauce? Like I just said. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. No, like seriously, I'm very interested in making something meringue now because is it hard? No, it's really easy. It's really easy. So I can't really mess it up. And do you bake it in a pie dish? Like what do you bake a it's meringue It's form. So you put it on a cookie sheet and you just oh. shape it. It's lovely and thick and billowy. And then you just shape it with your spatula or whatever. And you cook it in an oven? Yeah. Wow. It might be the season of meringues for me. I was really intrigued when I saw the little corgi butts. I'm like, wow, you can do so much. On the line, does it say corgi butts or did you just make that up? No, it was, yeah, it was a corgi butt. I'm serious. Okay. She makes uh, dachshunds, corgis. Yeah. Oh, different. Okay. Like little cute. I'll have to show Gemma after this. I don't think I want to Google image that. <laughs> it's adorable. I swear. It's a little disturbing probably having that floating in your hot cocoa, but you know. To each their own. So now we're going to move on to our grain of salt, which we do every week. This first one, I really wanted to get your opinion on. So it's measuring cups and spoons never lie. So basically, are you a measurer by weight or do you prefer using the traditional, you know, measuring cup technique? Measure by weight is the most accurate. I've never done that. I don't even have. You've never done that. (laughs) I don't even have a food scale. Yeah, you should get one. They're really useful. It just seems like uh, time-consuming. No, it's not. It's much faster. Okay. So and it's, it's accurate. It's accurate to the, to the point, 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 zero, zero, zero of a gram. So, okay, if I have a cup of flour, how do I know? Oh, yeah, never mind. I just answered my own <laughs> <laughs> Everybody forget that I just said that. Okay, next one, quickly moving on. Um, an open oven door will ruin your baked goods. I would say just keep your oven door closed. So tempting. I know. I bet you do, your do you do that a lot. I All the feel time. Like you would. All the yeah. time. And then people are like, don't open the oven, it'll fall. Or like, yeah, yeah. If, especially if it's it. cake. Yeah. Like you will. Within the first, there's kind of a rule where like for the first 20 minutes, keep that oven door closed. Okay. And like, so cookies are not as, not as big of a deal because they don't fall. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to cakes and things like that, don't open the oven door, but just leave everything like number one, there's glass. It's glass. And turn yeah. on the light and look through and it. And look through it. Yeah. I do it a lot with brownies or I'll take my brownie out mid-bake and do like the knife trick to see if it, you know, and then I always have to go back and put tinfoil over it to put them back in because the bottom will be cooked, but the middle will be raw. Oh yeah. That's your oven. It's my know? oven. It, we've decided it's my oven, but I, I am often a door, an oven door opener. I will admit it. Oh no, you didn't have to admit that to me. I knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, last one. Tough cakes happen when you don't alternate adding dry and wet ingredients. Mm, tough cakes can happen for a good reason, like for lots of, a few different reasons. That's, okay. that's kind of one of them, yeah. Really? I never even thought there was real, a real purpose. Yeah, no, it's just to incorporate the ingredients better. I would say the biggest culprit of tough cakes is once you add in your flour beating, so you cream up, so say, say it's a creaming method cake. Yep. 
um, you cream your butter and your sugar and then you add in your eggs. Then once you add in your flour, you're supposed to fold in your ingredients. You're right, not right. supposed to beat it. So once your flour goes in, there's no more beating. Mm-hmm. And often what happens is people um, leave the machine running, put in the flour and just let the, the batter beat and beat and beat. And that's what toughens. That's the biggest culprit of toughening cakes. So overworking your, overworking your the batter. Overworking glu- the gluten in the flour. Oh, because wow. the gluten starts okay. to develop the more you're beating it. Right. Okay. Good to know. So we have one Ask Gemma this week, um, which is asking us, Nikki0303 asked all about sourdough bread. That was it. They left it open-ended. Oh, <laughs> that's not a question. <laughs> they just said, I want to know all about sourdough you bread. Know all about sourdough bread. Well, years and years ago, the Greeks used to make bread. I don't want to mess with um, <laughs> oh, I was like, wow, we're really getting a history No, we're lesson. not. That was all I know about it. Um, but sourdough, that's what we talk about with the starter. And Gemma's starter still lives here. It still lives here. It's asleep right now. Yeah. Have you checked on it since? I've seen it in the back of my fridge. I haven't fed it in around six months. I'd say. Or do you think you're gonna or just let it? I will because I want to make a sourdough banana bread. What? Yeah. My mom makes this sourdough banana bread that's like really good. And I want to make that. So I have to feed my starter again. I said this before. I sh- do you remember months ago we talked about this and I said to you, I'm going to take a photo of my starter. I yep. never did. I should do that. You have to do We have to follow along with the feeding of the starter. It'll come back to life. I know it will. I've I've left it for a few weeks, a few months before. I think I might have left it for five. No, no, that wasn't right. Was that right? When I had George, I don't think I fed it for five months. Oh my gosh. It's like another child, like feeding the starter. I didn't even know you could make flavored sourdough. Like what kind of flavor? Like the banana bread sourdough? Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you can use sourdough. So you... You have um, what they call sourdough discard, mm-hmm. and that can be used, you can put that into whatever you like. You can put it into pancake batter, you can put it into your chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. It's usually what you yeah. take away from the feeding. Okay. So you, you take disturbing. away, um, I'm not sure if I'm asking her question, but you take away a little bit and you discard it. But rather than throwing it away, you have this like, it's, a re- it's full of flavor, mm-hmm. it's just not really active. And then you put that into your baked goods. Okay, so I hope that we answered your question about sourdough bread, but if you want to know more, I'm sure the Academy has plenty of info on bread if they want to learn about different... Yeah, so it's, for the Academy, we didn't do sourdough bread. We did a lot of different like okay. different uh, methods and new methods of making bread. Oh, yeah. The, for, for sourdough information, go to biggerbolderbaking.com. All of that's there. Awesome. Yeah, and how to make your own starter and then feed how the to starter. Feed the starter, <laughs> then how to make your own first loaf. Maybe all of us bigger boulder bakers should have a New Year's resolution of all making a starter and you, feeding it. That's what everybody did in 2020. Yeah, I guess I'm behind the eight ball. I really wanted to get into bread. It was just way too daunting. Yeah. So I, I never got into it. But 2022 could be my year. I'll that's keep true. you guys posted. Yeah, yeah. You never know. All right. So that is all we have for this week's episode. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Gina Brazau. And you can find me at Gemma underscore Stafford on Instagram. And then also Bigger Boulder Baking and Need to Know on Instagram. Yes. And make sure you guys check out the Academy. And there's plenty to learn there. And we are excited to talk to you next week. Bye.